Thanks for joining us online today. We're really glad you're with us. Yeah, Core Church is a place of hope, healing, peace, and purpose. And we want you to come see us at 10 a.m. any Sunday. And if we can be of any support to you, we'd love to connect with you. There's lots of links in the description below, whether that's prayer or support in any way. We pray that this message is going to both encourage you and inspire you. Man, I'm telling you, if you are new to church, maybe you don't know nothing about Jesus and you're like, what in the world did I just walk into? What is happening? We are some people that are excited about Jesus. And um, here's what I want you to know is that the, the enemy ain't welcome here. He is just not welcome here. Turn to somebody and tell him he ain't welcome here. He ain't welcome here. I... I, I all last week I was praying, our prayer team has been praying, and, and I just prayed through these, these rows, and, and I feel for you that are in the back row. Uh, where's my back row people? Uh, because I have been praying, and I don't know why, but every time I go to those back rows, I've been praying that God would bring a back row revival to this church. That's everybody in the front right there. <laughs> people in the back are like, oh, next week I'm sitting closer. Next week I'm... I'm telling you, uh, last week, I, I, if you're sitting in the back row, there is an anointing of the Holy Spirit that is about to come on you. And, and you're like, I don't even know what you're talking about, Brad. Don't worry about it, because you'll know it. When Jesus hits you, you'll know it. Can I get an amen from God's people on that? Like, You're like, you remember being a new believer? You're like, I don't understand all of this. And then, bam, Jesus hits you, and you're like, whoa, that's what that is? That's, uh, that's powerful. That, I don't know what that is, but I want more of that. And I've just been praying that the wave of God's spirit would start in the back of the room and it would come all the way to the front like a wave and just overwhelm those of us that are even in the front. Thanks for sitting on the front row, Tracy. You're my man. I'll tell you what, this whole front row is vacant. I don't even know. Your dad and mom, they're afraid of me. That's why they... I know. You're ready. You just don't jump on stage. That's all I'm saying. Just be calm. I'm telling you, like, man... So good. God has been moving through this series. We're in the series called uh, Holy Ground in Ordinary Places. Last week, I uh, thought we were done with the service. We weren't done with the service because God decided to move. And uh, man, our prayer lines were just overwhelmed twice. And people got some, some freedom last week. Uh, as, uh, wasn't that great last week? I mean, it was just amazing to see how God moved last Sunday. And that's what his spirit is here to do again today. The series has just been um, a really fun one for our team because this one is really wrapped around daily devotions. It's about spending time with Jesus. Well, as a follower of Jesus, that's one of our core practices is daily devotions. You know, whether that's, and I don't know where that happens for you. Maybe mine's at the kitchen table. Maybe yours is at the back porch. Maybe it's a couch. Maybe it's on the front. Maybe it's when you go for a walk or, or maybe it's like, Carrie, you, you do it. You go to work and you just got to get away from people and I've, I've talked to people who said, I actually do it in my car, not when I'm driving, but sitting in front of work. Um, I had somebody else, they, they said, I can't do anything in the house because my kids are always there and, and they're just there. You know, can I get an amen, mom, dad, amen, they're just there. And they said, so I just go get in my car and I leave early and I go sit in the parking lot at work. It doesn't matter where you do it. It just matters that you take time to be with Jesus because he wants to meet with you and he can take that ordinary place, that back porch, that desk at work, an ordinary place can become holy ground. And so I just want to encourage you to press into that 
in this season that we're in. Our daily devotion is um, on you version. It's been so good. This past week was a really good one. And next week, we've got a great one as well. And so one of the easiest, maybe you don't know how to start your time with Jesus. That's the easiest way to start your time with Jesus is just grab a hold of the word there. Uh, if you don't have a copy of the scriptures, grab one. Uh, we're going to be in Matthew today, Matthew chapter 14. And if you don't have a copy of the scriptures, I encourage you download version. That's the great, a great app. Bible Hub is another one that I use as well. Either one of those are great. Doesn't matter. Just have, a, have something where you can get a hold of the word of God. And we are in Matthew chapter 14 today. I want to talk to you. You know, uh, see, we started this series. We talked about um, the house of doubt. We talked about what do you do with doubt and how do you process it in your time with Jesus. Last week, Pastor Paula talked about the, the well of confusion. You can take your confusion to Jesus and talk to him. Today, I want to talk about the boat of despair. The boat of despair and how a boat, an ordinary boat, became a a holy place. So Matthew chapter 14, if you're new to the scriptures, let me kind of catch you up here. Uh, Matthew was one of the disciples of Jesus, and he wrote down the stories of Jesus and put them together in this book that we call the Gospel of Matthew. And what's happening here, uh, the, the timeline, Jesus has just done the, the feeding of the 5,000. So many of you know that story. He's just fed the 5,000. And that's where we pick up the story. Here in verse 22, it says, immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat, cross to the other side of the lake, while he sent the people home. After sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray, and night fell while he was there alone. Meanwhile, somebody say, meanwhile. Meanwhile, meanwhile the disciples were in trouble far from the land. For a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. And about 3 o'clock in the morning, nothing good happens at 3 a.m. My, mom, my mama taught me. She always said, she said to me, nothing good happens after midnight. Go to bed. So it's 3 a.m. Nothing good happens there. Well, Jesus, Jesus came toward them walking on the water. I know, I know, I know. You, so many of you raised in church, you, I heard this story. I remember being seven and we had little stories we did with the little felt board back in the preschool room. I remember it all. And you hear this, it's like, pause, push pause. Jesus walked on water. That's unbelievable. And the disciples saw him doing it. And they were terrified, which is how I would be. It's how you would be. And in their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost, because they didn't know. Jesus spoke to them. He said, don't be afraid. Take courage. I'm here. And then Peter, I, lo I love Peter. Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come walk into you on the water. I love Peter's like an adrenaline junkie. You know, that's Peter in scriptures. He's, he would have been a great YouTuber. You know what I mean? Like, have you seen that ear video? That thing went viral. It was crazy. This is Peter. Like, I love Peter because he's just, he's in for whatever is crazy. Anybody in for whatever is crazy? Yeah, I knew there would nobody say yes to that. Y'all don't want, I don't know what crazy, just put crazy on someone else today, Jesus. And thank you for not putting me in the back row. Because that's where crazy is. Can I get an amen from the back row? <laughs> Crazy's in the back row today, people. Well, uh, Jesus says, hey, come on. So Peter went over the side of the boat, walked on the water. Now he's walking on the water. I know some of y'all heard this, but like, now Peter's walking on the water. 
Man, but when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified, began to sink. Save me, Lord. And Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him because that's what Jesus does. Thanks, Pastor Eric. You have so little faith, why'd you doubt me? And when they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. Then the disciples worshiped him. An ordinary place became holy ground. You really are the son of God. Let's talk about this, this boat of despair. Father, thanks for your presence today. We invite your Holy Spirit here to stay to be among us, to speak to us, we pray in your name, we pray, amen. Okay, you can be seated. Well, I, I don't know how you, y'all feel about the, the recent tornado season that we're supposed to be in, uh, but it's been pretty disappointing, to be honest. Uh, and only a person from Oklahoma would ever say that about tornadoes, but I've been like, wow, what a letdown. It just hasn't, and now that I've said that, it's going to be a horrific week, so I kind of spoke that prophetically. Um, I, I don't know how your family um, approaches and deals with storms, but everybody approaches uh, tornadoes differently, right? Uh, like, like, like in our home, um, Laura, if, if there's any kind of warning or watch or anything, she is on high alert, and she's cleaning out a closet somewhere because that's just what she does. Like, we moved. We have a bathroom inner, inside the inner part of the house. We can all just walk into that bathroom safely, shut the door. We'll be fine. She's still somewhere in the house cleaning out a closet out of habit because she's just freaking out. Now, if you're new, you don't know this, but Laura's mom and, and uh, her aunt, Aunt Mary, live with us, and I love Laura's mom because she's just irritated by the whole thing. She's like laying in bed, sirens are going off, and I'm like, hey, mom, come on, come on. She's like, do I have to get up? <laughs> yes, oh my goodness, how long is this going to last? Uh, she's so irritated, I love that. <laughs> and then there's Aunt Mary. She's like a certified storm chaser. <laughs> do you have one of these in your home? The weather alerts go off on her phone continually. If there is a radar or watch warning of any kind, she walks into her bedroom, it's crazy, she pushes a button on her dresser and boom, 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 three monitors come up with a Doppler radar. <laughs> and she's got Travis Meyer on speed dial. I mean, this lady is, 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 is nuts when it, when it comes to storms. In fact, last year, there was a tornado warning and we had to go into the, the safe area, the, the bathroom area, and everybody's in there, but we can't find Aunt Mary. And I'm like, where is she at? I'm like, where's Aunt Mary? I'm walking, I'm, I'm, I'm walking around, where, where is she at? She needs to get in the storm shelter with us. And, and then I hear Travis Meyer. And Travis Meyer's like, all right, let's go out to Aunt Mary, who's somewhere near Sepulpa. What are you seeing right now, Aunt Mary? What? She's like, well, we got ourselves a humdinger out here, Travis. It's crazy. Y'all pray for me. I got to go home this afternoon. So y'all pray for me. <laughs> so, 
if you're new to Oklahoma, uh, some of y'all California transplants, yeah, welcome. We're so glad you're here. We're just excited about them California people, aren't we? Bringing you crazy with you. That's what you just done. That's okay. I'm from California, so I can, I can throw that out there. But if, you, if, if you're a transplant and you're like, hey, seriously, though, seriously, Brad, how, how do you know? Because, I mean, they have the watches and the warnings and the sirens, and how do you... How do you really know when to take the, 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 the warning seriously? Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help you with this. I'm going to make it really simple. Just watch Travis Meyer. I mean, no, like literally, not, not, not the warnings he's giving, not, not the map behind him. Just watch Travis. When the jacket comes off, is about to go down. Am I lying? Am I lying? No. He rolls up his sleeves. You better take cover immediately. <laughs> I, we, we all we all we all face storms in our in our lives, don't we? I mean, just I mean, pretty much on a daily basis. I mean, they did they just they're just rolling in and they're and they're rolling out, and, and most of them really are not that that serious. Um, you know, you got uh, maybe uh, some stress at work, and maybe you got some deadlines, or the, the boss is on you and breathing down the back of your neck, or you, you wake up, go to work, your kid's got a fever, and somebody's got to suddenly adjust their schedule and, and, and stay home with, with the kid, or, or you got the bill that comes in, and, and you can't pay the bill, but you know, you put 50 bucks on it, and you just kind of punt it down the road, <laughs> anybody? And, and you just, it's not that that big of a, of a deal. All these different things that we have to deal with are not really that big a deal. You have a, maybe some tension in a relationship. Maybe there's a friendship right now that's just not right where it needs to be. Or maybe there's some tension in your home, some conflict in your home, but it's, but it's not detrimental. Or, or there's the classic check engine light. I mean, come on. Anybody got a check engine light on your car right now, okay? Yeah, I mean, but, and, and it's frustrating, uh, but it's not really that, that serious. But, 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 but what about, what about the, those, those storms that come rolling in that you didn't expect that are really, really serious? I mean, the kind where the, where the jacket comes off and the sleeves get rolled up and, you know, this, this is uh, not going to be an easy one. I mean, like where you, you go into work and the boss asks to meet with you and, and you end up with a box in your hand and walking out to your car because it's your last day. What started out to be a, a fever you go to the doctor, and man, the doctor says, hey, we, uh, we need to run some more tests on this. The bill comes in, uh, but this time it's pink, and it's stamped across the top, final notice, and you know I have, I have no way to, to pay for this or to make the ends meet. That relationship, that was, there was some tension, but now... Now that friendship's broken or, or in your own home, the people that you love, that relationship is broken and suddenly they're not only not talking to you, but they're not living with you. I mean, those, those, kind of, those kinds of storms that, that roll in our lives where you, you know, where you, you used to just, you know, take a drink to kind of just take the edge off because they just kind of take the edge off, but now it's not just a drink, but you know, it's a full-blown addiction. And you know, I, I can't, can't exist without it. Or maybe there's a sin that you were kind of dabbling in, really wasn't that big a deal, you just kind of every once in a while. 
but now it's become habitual and, and, and you're in over your head and you don't know how to stop. You don't know how to make it go away and you're dealing with guilt, you're dealing with shame and I, I, I don't know what to do. I mean, the wind and the waves are battering you and your boat is filling with water and suddenly you find yourself in a boat of despair. What do you do? This is where the disciples found themselves. A, a normal trip across the lake. A normal trip uh, across the lake. And suddenly they're overwhelmed by a storm. Let's go back to, to verse 24. It says this, the disciples, they, the disciples were what? They were in trouble. I like the scripture just calls it what it is. They were in trouble. By the way, this, this word here, just so you can grasp it, this word here actually means to be distressed, to be tortured, to be tormented. Any, anybody got that kind of storm in your life where you feel that stress, that torment? It just feels like you're being tortured. I just need the storm to stop. This is the kind of storm the disciples are in, and they are far from the land. A strong wind has risen, and they are fighting heavy waves. What's interesting here, though, about the disciples is they could have avoided the storm had they listened to Jesus. Don't, don't miss this. We read this earlier. Verse 22, they had fed the five, uh, Jesus had fed the 5,000, and, and Jesus insisted that they get in the boat. Jesus said, get in the boat, go to the other side. Now, if you flipped over and you saw John's account of the story in John chapter 6, John chapter 6, uh, John says, uh, we waited. We waited until it got dark. And as it started to get dark, we thought, well, I guess he's not coming back, so maybe we ought to get in the boat, we ought to get going. They, they, they weren't supposed to wait. But they did, and Jesus told them to go, and they could have avoided the storm. The truth is, when a storm hits, I want to blame everyone and everything but me. And the first person I need to look at is me. Now, if you're new to Core Church, um, not only am I a pastor, not only is Eric a pastor, but you may not know this, and this might be a good reference for you to put down in your phone, uh, we are also um, master mechanics. Just... <laughs> Hey, hang on, hang on, hang on, because the joke is coming. That's not the funny part, okay? You're laughing too, you're too, too, too early on that. Um, yeah, so, so you, my master mechanic ability started young in our marriage. Uh, Laura and I had uh, gotten a car early in our marriage, and it was kind of, uh, it was uh, stammering and struggling and just, just, just not running well at all, just kind of lethargic. And I was like, man, I do not know what's going on with this car. But I had a buddy of mine that knew a little bit about cars. And, and so he came over and we kind of drove it around. And he's like, yeah, man, he started looking at different things than that. And then he says to me, uh, hey, when's the last time you changed the oil? And, and um, I said, um, well, every time the oil light comes on, I add a quart. So... He said, what? I said, every time that light comes on, I add a quart. He said, no, no, when was the last time you changed out the oil? And I go, oh, you're supposed to do that? <laughs> okay, I did not know. He, we pulled the dipstick out, and I'm not kidding you. It looked like chocolate pudding. 
Sometimes we bring the storm on ourselves. Sometimes the, the person to blame is, is me. And sometimes, listen, like the disciples, God's speaking, but you're not listening. Come on, turn to somebody and tell them, God's speaking, are you listening? Turn to somebody and tell them, God's speaking, are, are you listening? That this is what daily devotions is all about. How do I learn to listen for the voice of God? So many people are like, well, I tried reading the Bible. I just don't ever hear Jesus. It, doesn't, it just doesn't magically happen. You have to learn to listen to the voice of Jesus. You have to learn to decipher it. You have to, and the only way you can do that is through abiding. You get with Jesus. You sit with him every day at the table, on the back porch, taking the walk, at the desk at work. don't care where you do it, but you get alone by yourself, away from distractions, get in his word, dig through his word, and then start listening for the voice of Jesus. My, my coach, Terry Walling, calls it voice recognition. Do you recognize the voice of Jesus? I can tell you, the longer that you spend in his word, the more you will recognize his voice. So truth is, sometimes the, the storm is my fault, but sometimes the storm is no fault of our own at all. And we did, I did nothing to deserve this. I mean, I've not been doing anything wrong at all. And in the Gospels, we see a, another story where the disciples are in a storm, and, and they're in the storm, and, and, and Jesus is actually with them in the storm. So obviously, they're not doing anything wrong. If Jesus is in the boat, and then a storm comes up, They've not done anything wrong. Suddenly, they're in the middle of the storm, but I love what the disciples did. They go back, and I don't get this. Jesus is asleep in the boat. How, what? But he's, he's sleeping. He, I guess he's taking a page from Laura's mom, just sleeping it off, just irritated, you know? So they, they wake him up, and he's just like Laura's mom, irritated, you know? What? What? And he, and he stands up, and I love this because then Jesus speaks to the storm. If you know this story, he just stands up, and he goes, peace be still. And boom, the storm stops. Nothing will build your faith more than when Jesus calms a storm. Can I get an amen to that? Like when you hear the word, no cancer. Like, like when the miracle check hits the bank. Like when you got that unexpected promotion. When, when that relationship that you thought was broken... Suddenly that person calls you, texts you, walks into the room and wants to be in relationship with you again and God restores and he mends that relationship in your life. Suddenly that addiction that had you overwhelmed is broken. Can I get an amen from God's people? I mean, suddenly that parking space just opens up. Hallelujah, right near the front of the building. That's an act of God right there. Come on, somebody. I mean, we, we've seen this in our, in our church here. If you're new, hey, you're coming at a good time because 10 years ago, we had $4 million in debt, $25,000 a month mortgage, bleeding out 10 grand a month. Welcome to church. <laughs> I don't see very many of them people around from here 10 years ago. They just got wore out. They're just like, I'm so tired. Here we sit now on the cusp. Listen. We, we just recently, here in the next couple of weeks, we're going to be closing. We, we, we sold an additional eight acres. Some of y'all know this, but we just got to give God praise again. We sold an additional eight acres of land. We're about to drop $2 million off of our debt. Like that 
is what our God do. There ain't nothing better than when God shows up. But, but what about those times when you're looking around and Jesus is nowhere to be found? Like, what do you do in moments like that? The disciples, this is where they are. They're three to four miles from the shore. They are struggling against the storm, and they are all alone. Like, this is the place of despair. When, when you are far from where you hoped you'd be. Will I ever make it back? To where I was. Like, where are you, God? That's the boat of despair. And then you look at this story. Can we just look at this honestly, openly, be transparent? They're struggling. They're in the middle of the storm. Where's Jesus? He's off in the hills praying. Are you kidding me? Oh, pastor, just be careful here. Be careful. They're in a boat, they're struggling. Jesus is off in the hills praying. He could have stopped the storm. He didn't have to come walking on the water. He could have just stopped the storm like that. He, he, could, have, he could have kept them from even getting into the storm. Anybody, amen? Praying, man, why, did I, why is this happening to me right now? Why didn't Jesus keep this from happening to me right now? At the very least, Jesus could have warned them. Hey, I'm going to put you in this boat. Rough times are coming. Get ready. Wouldn't it be great if Jesus every once in a while would just kind of give you a heads up that the, that the storm is, is coming? I'm just going to be honest. I, I, I don't need your prayers. I don't need your pep talk. What I need is the manifest presence of Jesus. I need Jesus to show up, and I need him to show off, and I need him to do it right now. Because I, I don't know about you, but I look at the pages of, of Scripture, and I see where he has done this. I see in the very beginning, in the book of Genesis, Abraham can't have kids. Sarah can't have kids. They get to be old. They're in their late 90s. God's like, I'm going to give you a promise. I'm going to birth a nation for, through you. There ain't no promise anywhere in sight. But then what? God manifests himself, and Sarah gets pregnant, and the promise comes forth. Children of Israel, Moses, they lead, they go out of, the, out of the, uh, the, the bondage of slavery in Egypt. They've been set free. Anybody been there? Woo, set free. And then all of a sudden, here comes Pharaoh and all of his army pressing up against them. And you know the story, so many of you. If you don't, man, their back is against the ocean. They ain't got nowhere to go. They're going to get trampled. They're going to get destroyed. There is anybody, anybody, anybody back up against the wall. They're coming at you. I ain't got nowhere to go. But Jesus showed up. God showed up, parted the sea. I'm telling you, there's a story, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Do I need to keep going? I mean, these three guys, they say, hey, we ain't going to bow to that idol. We, you, you can't make us bow. Well, then we're going to throw you in this fiery furnace. Do it. We don't know if God's going to save us or not, but we don't care because we ain't bowing to you. 
Maybe that's where you're at in your life. Maybe people try to get you to bow to other idols. You're like, I'm not going to do it. And then next thing you know, you're in a fiery furnace. And then the king looks over and he says, wait a minute. I put three people in there, but there's a fourth in the fire. Come on, somebody. Who was in the fire? It was Jehovah. It was God. It was the Lord who was in the fire. Thomas, I just talked about this two weeks ago. Thomas is like, I'll believe it when I see it. Jesus is risen from the dead. Other disciples have seen it. You've heard the miracles in your core group. You've heard other people with their prayers answered. Blah, 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 blah. Good for you. But I ain't seen Jack. Now I'm preaching. You ever been there? I'm not seeing it. And this is Thomas. I'll believe it when I see it. And then Jesus walks through the wall, manifest presence. Boom, he is there. This is our God. When I'm struggling against the waves, I need the manifest presence of God. I need him to show up. I need him to show off. I need him to walk through the wall. I, I need him to hold back and part the waves for me. I need him to stand in the fire with me. So what's going on here? Oh, come on. I know I am preaching such truth today because these are the dark things that followers of Jesus never want to talk about. Half of y'all right now are going, my God shall never leave me or forsake me. Okay. What do you do when it's not, I mean, well, you just need to have faith. Okay. That's true. That's real. I'm so thankful for Mark because Mark sheds some light on the story that, that Matthew and John do not. And so Mark writes about the, the storm, and in Mark 6, 48, he says this, Jesus, Jesus saw that they were in serious trouble. Wow. Come on, turn to somebody, encourage them, tell them God sees you. God, God does see you. God, God sees you. Listen, I, I may not see God in the storm, but God sees me. He sees everything that's happening, like when despair sets in, when difficulty sets in. God is watching and God is coming. That's what I know from this story. God sees me and God is coming, and that's all I need to know. That my God is coming. In fact, in, back in Matthew's story, in Matthew 14, 25, about 3 o'clock in the morning, man, that, 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 that's when despair sets in, isn't it? 3 o'clock. It might be 5 o'clock somewhere. But it's 3 a.m. where I'm at. Jesus came toward them. Say it with me. What? Walking on the water. Don't miss this. This is, this is intentional. Jesus, what is he doing here? He's demonstrating his power and his authority over the wind and the waves and the storm in your life. He said, I, I have the authority here. And in verse 27, he says this. Don't be afraid. Say this with me. What? Take courage. Turn to somebody. Come on, tell them. Take courage. God is coming. Take courage. God is coming. In fact, Jesus says these words, I am here. Don't miss this. This is an I am statement. 
These are big in scripture. When, when God shows up, like we're going to talk about next week, he showed up at the burning bush and he said, tell him I am has sent you. What he's saying, when God says I am, what's your name? My name is I am. Uh, last week, Pastor Paula talked about the woman at the well and he said what? I am. I am the way, the truth, and the life. So here he's saying, I am here. What is, I, the great I am is here. The Savior, the Lord, the Redeemer, the one who can restore all things. The one who can sustain you and carry you. The one who is merciful and graceful. The only one whom we can trust. The wind and the waves, they might be raging, but take courage. Take courage because the great I am is here. Not only is he going to keep you from, from sinking, but, but he's going to give you the courage, you ready for this, to walk on the waves. Not, not, not just to survive the storm. I, I, don't, I don't need to survive the storm. Man, I, I want to walk on the storm. I, I, listen, I can tell you this. The other disciples, they missed it. They just, they just flat out missed it. They, they survived the storm. And their story for human history is we survived the storm. But not Peter. Peter's story is different. He's like, oh, yeah, they all survived the storm, but I walked on the storm. Boom. Check out my YouTube channel. So Peter, I love this. Peter, the adrenaline junkie, calls out to Jesus. And listen to this. When he calls out to Jesus, he doesn't say, hey, hey, we need you to calm the storm. Could you please stop the storm? No, 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 no. He says this. Let, let, let me come to you. What? Let me come to you. And I love Jesus says, all right, come on. That's how if he was from Oklahoma, he would say it. Come on. So Peter went over the side of the boat and come on, say it with me. What did he do? He, he walked on the water. He walked on the storm. He walked on the waves toward Jesus. I love this. He looks around. He sees the storm that's raging. And he says, the safest place to be is not in this boat. The safest place to be is out where Jesus is. The safest place to be is as close as I can get to him. That, that's when you are in the word, when, you're take, when you are in a storm and you get with Jesus and you sit alone with him in his word and prayer and you abide with him, can I tell you, that's the safest place you can be. And that's where he will speak to you. So we look at Peter here, and I, it doesn't tell us like how Peter walked on the water, but I know how we all see this story, and we've seen the paintings of it. It's kind of like this. It just seems like Peter just went, oh, come. you know, God's like, Jesus is like, hey, come on. And Peter's like, all right. And it's like Peter just went like this, woohoo! And he just kind of went like this and just like did a little moonwalk, like, check me out. Check me out, guys. Woo! I mean, you know, that's kind of the image we get, you know, storm raging. And Peter's like, yeah, check me out. Dancing on the waves. Yeah, check me out. Some of y'all didn't need to see that today, did you? <laughs> I don't know how this went down, but I'm just thinking Peter is human, and I'm thinking Peter's like this. Jesus is like, come on. And Peter's like, seriously? <laughs> come on. They're like, you going to do it? Heck yeah, I'm going to do it. <laughs> and you, see, you just see Peter in this moment. He's like, all right. And he just kind of takes one foot and like puts it over the side of the boat and kind of tests. Anybody do this? Tests the water like, He's like, ha, ha, ha. 
but he's still holding on the boat. One foot in the boat, one foot in the water. Anybody? You know, yeah, that's how my faith is many times. One foot in the boat, one in case this, this foot goes down, I'm back in the boat. And Jesus, he's got, the, got a foot in there, and they're like, you don't, I'm a dude. And he throws the other foot over, and he's like, whoa! And he's just like, and they're like, you're doing it! He's like, I'm doing it! <laughs> they're all like, you just see like James is like, let go. Or his brother Andrew, because that's what brothers do. Let go, man. Because, you know, Andrew's in the boat going, can't wait to see him sink. Can't wait to see him sink. This is going to be great. They're going to write about him in Scripture and talk about him as the one who sank. Can't wait. He deserves it. Gets all the credit all the time. They never talk about me. Go ahead, Peter. Let go. So, none of this is in Scripture, by the way. <laughs> so, it's not, none of this is there. But I just see him like he's like this, and then I just see him letting go. and being like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And then he's just like taking... One little step at a time. And I, I know some of y'all been in church way too long. You're like, yeah, but he sank. He walked on water. He walked on the storm. And even when he sank, Jesus was right there and what? Lifted him up out of the water. The prophet Isaiah, who had some storms in his own life, he said this in Isaiah 41.10, don't be afraid. He's speaking uh, prophetically as the voice of God. This is the voice of God. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I am. You see there, there's an I am statement again. I am your God. I will strengthen you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to hold you up with my victorious right Hand. Come on, turn to somebody and tell them, God has got you in the storm. God has got you in the storm. Some of y'all need to get your phones out. You need to take a picture of that. You need to make it your screensaver, and you need to start saying this every single day. You need to get before God. I'm going to sit with him, wherever that might be, and I'm just going to read this verse over and over and over and over again. Most of you know that this uh, last year has just been a real storm um, in our home, especially for Laura. Her health has just, it's just not been where it needs to be. I asked her if she'd come, and, and I wanted her to just share for just a moment. Uh, so if you're new, you may not know any of this, but last year she, she got COVID like so many people did. And uh, she became a long hauler, you know, like that was her dream, become a trucker, <laughs> whoop, whoop, you know. Um, but I'll just let her share a little bit about what this storm has been like for her this last year. I hope it encourages you. Yeah, so, um, la so last year, um, what I didn't know uh, before I got COVID is um, I had um, a pre-existing medical condition. I had um, adrenal gland fatigue. And so I went into COVID with a prior um, medical condition. So when I got COVID, I also had bronchitis and got through the first week. And by the second week, it was like everything had shut down in my body. And I couldn't breathe. And I couldn't, I, I coughed all night long. And we were trying to figure out what to do so much that, we were calling the doctors, trying to get in doctors. I had Brad, Brad finally brought a cart home to put all the medicines and all the things I was supposed to do. And um, 
I um, went through things like um, I couldn't go down the stairs because not because I was isolating that first week, but because I, at one point, Brad came home from work and said, I think after five o'clock, you can't physically come downstairs because we were noticing if I came downstairs after five, I could not breathe all night. It was like I was paying for it because I was so out of um, my physical body, just couldn't uh, take it. And what I found out later is that I had mono at the same time. So I would go every night, I would try to go to bed and I would start to lay back and then uh, all the coughing and all the can't breathe would start. And there was this one night that I had had a horrible night. And I'd been up and down and up and down. Um, But I realized, you know, sometimes you start to take an inventory of how bad it's been. And that was not a good idea for me. I was not in a place I should have been doing that. But I realized I had slept three weeks in a row on the couch setting up because I could do my breathing treatment and I could set up and I wouldn't have to feel like I'm having, you know, all these, I would just feel like I'm, I can't breathe again. And that was going on even setting up. So I got through this night and I got up and I went downstairs and I, well, before I went downstairs, I said, in the middle of the night, I said, I need a nurse. I mean, I just said it out like this. I just, I need a nurse. I don't know what's going on, but I don't know why people think I, you know, I'm not saying this to my family. I mean, I'm just saying I can't deal with this without a nurse. I think saying I'm not a good nurse? No, I mean, like I was just, have you you ever just said something because you're just so upset and you know you need something more than what you have? And I said, I need a nurse. And... I walked downstairs because I was like, I don't know how to deal with all this at one time. And I walked down the stairs and I was just hot. I was just like mad. I was frustrated. I was like, I can't breathe. I can't, I, I can't do this anymore. And I walked, <clears throat> man, it's going to be hard. I walked around the corner into my mom's room and she was in the same place with her breathing. She had had a horrible night and I just lost it because I was like, I love taking care of my mother, and I can't. And I did. And at that moment, it had to be God. But I just thought I'm going to call Brenda, Brenda Graham, here at Core Church. She and I. What God? I didn't realize at the time is like she's a nurse. So I call her and I just threw up on her. I just said, "I need help. I need your help. I need. I need something." And I just told her my symptoms and. She just kind of talked me through it and kind of calmed me down. And she went to Walmart and and grabbed a whole bunch of stuff and left it on my uh, doorstep. And what, in the middle of this, you know, one more thing to just throw on there is I just love Sundays. I love coming to see you guys. I love worshiping with God. And that morning was another day I could not go. And but she came and dumped all that stuff on our porch right before... um, uh, church. And so I was kind of making it through that morning. Um, and then Brian and Michelle Leonard um, called me after church. And she's a nurse. And they begin to pray over me 
in faith, believing that God was going to do something. And at the end of the phone call, I said, you know what's really weird, you guys? Because I've known them for years, and I, I just said, I have had the most amazing times with the Lord. And I said, isn't that weird? Like, I mean, like, times that I just thought, I'm just going to go on up with, to heaven. I'm just, I am experiencing such closeness with God. One of the things that God did is he brought me back to my life first during that, that season of unbelievable uh, discouragement. And this is my life first, and it's all in Isaiah 58, uh, several verses, but I want to read you 11 and 12. It says this, the Lord will guide you continually giving you water when you are dry and restoring all your strength. You will be like a well-watered garden, like an ever-flowing spring. And then he says this, some of you will rebuild the deserted ruins of your city. Then you will be known as a rebuilder of walls and a restorer of homes. When he brought me back to that, he reminded me who I was and what I was supposed to be doing. God showed me again my purpose. My purpose is I love families and I want to be a restorer of homes. And that's what he calls me. And then he continued to give me promises through his word of what he was going to do. And so I love how you said, Brad, courage. He gave me courage in the midst of the hardest storm I've ever faced for my health. But he brought me purpose and he brought me promises to stand on. I may not have been standing on the water like Peter, but I was standing on these promises and God was faithful even in the excruciating times of despair. We just thank Laura for sharing. Thank you, David. So, uh, I, I'm so grateful that she shared, and um, I felt like as she was sharing, it's like when I go to the doctor's office with her, um, she'll go to the doctor's office, and she'll put on her makeup and everything before she goes to the doctor's office, and then she'll get in the doctor's office, and she won't really tell the doctor everything that's going on, so I have to go with her, and I say, listen, don't fix your hair, don't do your makeup, go in, and then I'll sit with her, and I'll go, okay, hang on a second, you want to tell them what's really going on? And uh, I, I, I appreciate, I love everything that she said, but what I want you to hear in her story is, I, I just want to pull back the curtain here. The last year, most, literally nobody knows this stuff. Like, up all night. Can't breathe. I'm waking up wondering, I've got like 911, and I'm ready to push send because I, I'm not sure. Her heart rate dropping, at times her pulse, I mean, excuse me, her, her, her blood uh, pressure dropped so significantly that I, I didn't know if the next thing I was going to see was my wife cold on the floor. It was the most frightening thing I'd ever been through where I'm like, God, is my wife going to make it? Like, am I going to, am I going to wake up and she's not going to be like, she's in the room, but is she going to, is she going to be breathing? I couldn't, I couldn't even sleep. 
over and over and over and over again. Sundays would be so exhausting for her. She couldn't even, if she walked from the parking lot to this chair, she was so out of breath, she couldn't even speak to anyone. So she would sneak in through the kitchen door, come back in here, sit on that front row and and stand up and praise Jesus and then turn around and walk out. No one knowing the struggles she was having because she said, I'm going to be in the house of God and I'm going to praise God. I remember in the middle of the night sitting, sitting with her and, and just watching her walk on the waves like Peter, like reading the scriptures and times of prayer. And what I'm so proud that I've got a front row seat to watch is to watch her not give up on Jesus, to watch her say, although the storm is raging, I'm going to keep walking towards Jesus. I'm going to stand in the middle of the storm with Jesus. I'm not giving up on the word and I'm not giving up on him. Because here's the promise. Verse 32, when they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. There will be an end to the storm. That's the promise of our God. And then it says this, the disciples worshiped him. An ordinary place became holy ground. Let's pray together. Just bow your heads. And Father, we just in this moment come before you, all of us in these different storms that we find ourselves in. And I, I don't know where you're at, but I just want to encourage you today to just trust in the Lord, to take courage. There is hope for you. There is healing and there is peace and purpose today for you. Like I know Jesus is speaking to some of you in the middle of that storm and he's saying, hang on, hang on because I am here. Maybe today is a day that you say, man, Brad, to be honest with you, when you told that story about Jesus being in the boat, he's not in my boat. I'm I'm not following Jesus, but I want to encourage you today. If you're not a follower of Jesus, today is a day you can invite Jesus into your boat. You say, man, God, if this is who Jesus is, is this what he does? Is if he's a help and ever present help in time of trouble, then yeah, I need Jesus in my boat. And all you have to do is cry out to him for grace and mercy. God, would you forgive me? God, would you forgive me for my past? Would you make me new, God? And he says, absolutely, you're my child. And he said, you know what he says to you? Come on, just like he did to Peter, come on. And when you sink beneath the waves, when you sin against God, when you make mistakes, when you turn away from God, he says, I'm right here. I wanna lift you up and right now, some of you, he wants to lift you up out of that storm. Father, thank you for your help. Thank you. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the name of Jesus. In his name, we give the glory and honor. Amen. We hope the message you heard both encourages you and inspires you. Yeah, we'd love for you all to come and see us at Core Church at 10 a.m. any Sunday. And if we can support you in any way or you'd like to get connected with us, there are links in the description below. Thanks again for joining us online.